That's okay. just the way it is. Boom doom, boom doom, boom doom. I need a new laptop. Boom doom, boom doom, boom doom. That's just the way it is. Father's Day is coming up. <laughs> yeah. And the home of the to episode 56 of the Hit the Deck podcast, where we talk deck hockey, street hockey, ball hockey. It's hockey in sneakers. And we are here back for another episode of Hit the Deck. In spite of our best efforts, we are managing to crank out an episode of this podcast. Uh, we've, we've faced some challenges, unexpected, and uh, but we persist for your sake, for you, the listener, because we just love you so darned much. I, of course, Gary, and my partner, James. How are you, James? I'm doing pretty well, thank you. And thank you so much for being Mr. Scott and Jordy LaForge and Chief O'Brien all in one to get us on and uh, record tonight. Yeah, I'm doing my best. You know, I, <laughs> I, I can only do so much. And, you know, uh, most of it's out of my hands. Honestly, what James is alluding to and what I kind of alluded to is that a big part of the problem tonight in getting recording, not that you care because, you know, you're listening to it, so it's done. But my internet inexplicably went out, so I had to reboot my cable modem like three times to get it to come back. So, uh, But we're here, and we're, we're a go. Hit the deck is go. <laughs> I'm happy about it. Yeah, okay, good. Good, I'm glad. How have you been since we last spoke, James? Uh, pretty well, thank you. Just... Trying to hang in there today with it being so hot and humid, but uh, how about yourself? Uh, yeah, I was also hot, but fortunately my job is well air-conditioned. Although, in the larger sense, James, I have to be honest, uh, I'm having a bit of an identity crisis at the moment. What's up? Well, um, so for you, uh, James, I've kind of talked to you about this, but for the edification of you, the listener. So James and I enjoy talking deck hockey with you and doing stuff, uh, hockey centric stuff, but you know, I am a man of many interests and, uh, I've been thinking of branching out on YouTube and basically on the internet and covering other things that don't involve deck hockey. So I've been trying to, I, I hesitate to use the word brand, but, you know, I guess technically that's what it would be. So I've been trying to craft a, 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 my own brand, uh, my own identity on YouTube and uh, on the Internet at large outside of the immediate hit-the-deck sphere of influence because, as I said, there are other non-hockey-related things that I'd like to uh, go into for your, hopefully, enjoyment and the enjoyment of others, maybe who aren't so interested in hockey. However... I've run into some roadblocks. Obviously, my first go-to was the American Rhino, because that is what I am. That is how I always introduce myself on these podcasts. It is how I self-identify, because I am a, a, a raging patriot. 
and uh, of course, the rhino is basically my spirit animal for reasons that are too complex and ridiculous to go into here on the podcast. But um, nevertheless, I am the American rhino, so I looked into it. I actually looked into it a few months ago, and there was some guy on YouTube, I think, who had the American rhino channel who posted like one video five years ago or something. So I was maybe I... I figured maybe I'll wait him out. Maybe, I, uh, you know, someday he doesn't have any use for that anymore. But I looked again just a few days ago, and apparently there is an apparel company called American Rhino, and they now own American Rhino on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And I, I can't even, I want to hate them. I can't even hate them that much because the proceeds for their, their clothing brand go to Rhino Conservation in Africa. Hmm. And, uh, you know, I mean, I'm not a huge fan, given that we are somewhat in conflict regarding the ownership of the American Rhino, uh, you know, name, but not that I have it trademarked or anything. But, um, yeah, so I am a bit despondent and don't know if I even can be the American Rhino anymore. And and then today I said to myself, you know what? Maybe I I can still be the American Rhino, but I can I can make my uh, my media empire. Uh, maybe I can make my my online identity a little more broad. And and it came to me, Rhino Media has a nice ring to it, doesn't it? Yes, it does. That sounds really cool. Well, that's what the company that already came up with it like <laughs> five <laughs> years ago thought. Rhino <laughs> Media is a huge thing. Well, I don't know how huge it is, but it's it's a it is an established thing on YouTube already. So mm. I'm I'm at a bit of a loss and I'm a bit a bit adrift <laughs> at the moment. So uh, not to not to bore you all too much because I've already spent more time on this than I intended to. But the gist of it is I uh, <laughs> I kind of have to figure out who I am, which don't we all? All right, but uh, off air, I have a couple of ideas that maybe hopefully nobody else has ripped off yet. So we'll talk about that later. All right. Well, I appreciate that, James. Thank you. Sure. But uh, speaking of being on air, (laughs) maybe we should get into it. Okay. Since we've, uh, and by we, I mean I, have made the listeners sit through my nonsense for too long already. Uh, About, I can't be right. 36 minutes. Oh, I just never reset the counter. All right. Never mind. Yeah, we're, for- we're going on seven minutes roughly. All right. Yeah. See, see, <laughs> that's why I keep you around because you're the guy who keeps the trains running on time. <laughs> yeah. I don't work for the MTA. Yeah. Or, uh, <laughs> or Penn Station or Amtrak. No. All right. Anyway, so that being said, why don't we jump into our starting lineup? So for tonight's starting lineup in goal, I am. Possibly the American Rhino, number 35, Gary McComiskey, and of course, my patient co-host. On defense, number four, I'm James Sajazi. Yes, indeed you are, sir. And (laughs) would you please indulge me and the listener by telling us what is on deck for this podcast? Will do, sir. Thank you, thank you. Ice, ice, baby. Here's an issue we don't have to worry about in deck hockey, but it's just a wee bit important to the NHL. In an article posted on SportsTechie.com in late February, the NHL had some issues with its ice quality in multiple arenas around the league. It is extremely challenging keeping the surface in constant top condition, and something that should never be taken for granted, especially during cup playoff time. Mind your own business! I always need help with my game and welcome constructive criticism. However, is it ever appropriate to help out a teammate who plays a different position and didn't ask for your advice? 
and Stanley Cup playoff bummer. There are only four teams left playing for Lord Stanley's Cup. If one of them is not your favorite team, what do you do until the cup final? And that's what's on deck. Thank you, James. You're welcome, sir. All right. So I got to tell you, I could use some of that ice ice, baby, right about now. You and me uh, both, brother. Here in New York, uh, or in the New York area, it is... It has been in the 90s the last couple of days, which is a stark contrast to the uh, 60s that it was in just uh, a few days ago. And in fact, yesterday morning, it was like 56 when I left the house and it went up to 90 something. I just how do you even account for that on an almost 40 degree swing? Yeah, if, if you're living in California or something and you're going from the mountain and down to the coast, I could accept that. But uh that's just a little bit too extreme for my liking. So until we all have pneumonia and, and whatever, hopefully we'll get through this. But Seriously. just make up your mind, Mother Nature, would you please? Really? And, you know, that heat is obviously not just taking a toll on our bodies, but it is taking a toll on NHL arenas as well. Yeah. And now, again, Gary and I being Ranger fans, uh, we've always heard throughout our fandom that uh, Madison Square Garden, otherwise known as MSG, it's always been notorious for having poor, quote unquote, ice, poor ice, because the arena is used so often for so many different events, you know, concerts. And up until this year, the uh, or at least recently, the, the circus and volleyball, tennis, forget about it, you name it, even monster trucks. It's crazy. Dog shows. Uh, the, 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 the list is endless. So. Track meets. Track meets. Oh, yeah. And basketball, too. I forgot about the Knicks. Tennis. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, it's really the Knicks. Who are they? <laughs> they? They used to be a professional basketball team in the New York area. Like the Globetrotters? <laughs> no, the Globetrotters are really good. Oh, like the Generals uh, then? <laughs> no, you're right. Yeah. And, okay. and the Globetrotters aren't owned by uh, little horrible, terrible creatures. So <laughs> at least none that I know of. Uh huh. Yeah. So as James said, the garden gets a lot of use. Right. So uh, it, it's even uh, though that it's been renovated and it's the, the, the fourth garden or 4.1 or whatever the case you want to call it now because of the recent renovations, it's I think has done a lot better in terms of their ice quality for the Rangers. So unfortunately, now it seems to have expanded all around the league where there are ice issues mm. and it all kind of culminated in for the for whatever reason this season for uh, the 2016-2017 100th anniversary of the NHL. But great places such as Edmonton, they have a recently new arena, and that's what the problem is where the Oilers play. In Arizona, that's kind of expected because it's such a dry, hot climate. Mm-hmm. Detroit, but you know, we all know that the Joe is closing, it has closed down, so that's not really an issue anymore. So hopefully the new place that they open up, will they'll have it figured out. Say it ain't so, Joe. Yeah, uh, Chicago, uh, obviously they were bounced out of the playoffs, which was miraculous as far as I'm concerned, but such a great hockey town as as Chicago and, and the Blackhawks, who have been so great, especially recently. Buffalo, I couldn't believe Buffalo. How could that possibly have made the list of ice problems? Have they and, ever cracked 70 degrees in Buffalo? <laughs> I can't. I've never been to Buffalo. I, I'm sure it gets warm in the summer, but uh, it gets so bitingly cold, it's hard to you know, even consider that. Yes, exactly. And forget about the amount of snow that they get all the time. It's really tough climate. And then downstate, where I'm pretty familiar with, good old Brooklyn, baby. The Barclays Center has had many, many issues 
with ice. James, I have good news. It won't be a problem for much longer. Exactly right. So all told, each arena seemed to have gotten its problems solved. The issues with the new Edmonton arena, believe it or not, had to do with the, you need a a certain amount of humidity in the arena to keep the ice at perfect condition. Mm -hmm. So the piping underneath the ice, which keeps it cold, is supposed to be at 21 degrees and it's supposed to be made out of uh, steel or metal, Mm -hmm. the piping. And also the humidity levels need to be, I don't know, something like 20 to 40% inside the arena as well. That high. Uh, So... Uh, yeah, I don't know how that doesn't cause it to melt or whatever, but that just seems to be the science of it. So yeah, it's, it should be between 20 and 40 percent, well, according to NHL experts. I'm just going off the top of my head here, but I'm guessing it has something to do with the air being so saturated with water vapor, it makes it less likely to evaporate. Yeah, I'm not going to pretend to be a scientist here, so I'll, I'll definitely, that sounds good enough to me. It also explains Arizona. It, since it's so dry there, it, it, you know, it could explain why that's such a, uh, an issue. But I'm sorry, please carry on. Yeah, it, it's true because they've been around for quite a while the, uh, the, the, in Arizona, what, like 25, 20 years or so? I, I forget offhand I how long they've, yeah, they've been there. And plus they were supposed to go away, but whatever. I'm glad that they stayed for their fans' sake. So, but it just seemed to, whatever reason, all kind of culminate in this year. So for the Edmonton problem, believe it or not, between the humidity, it had something to do with the new arena's placement of the banners. So the retired numbers, the Stanley Cup championships, (laughs) uh, the division championships and so on and so forth, which I found quite ridiculous. But hey, man, science is a weird thing. So So you're saying it's Gretzky's fault. No, it's not Gretzky's fault. Yep. The great one sabotaging the, the club where he rose to prominence. It's, yeah. That's that's just a. Ugh. I thought better of him than that. Yeah, yeah, he was too successful there. There were too many banners to put up for all of their successes. You could just see him and Messier on the bench in the '80s plotting. You know, we're going to win so many cups that someday they're not even going to be able to play here anymore. Yeah, so. yeah that'll teach him to, so for go, supporting go, yeah. us, and I don't know. It also has something to do with the shape of the arena, too, because it's kind of like, which I find very odd, is the Calgary Flames play in the Saddle Dome because that is actually shaped like a saddle. Sure. And for some reason, the new Edmonton Arena, and I don't know what the naming rights is for the new arena, uh, that's why I'm just referring to it as the uh, the Edmonton Arena, is that it has a similar shape where it's like a saddle shape. So it comes down in the center and up on the sides. And I guess that has something to do with the uh, the dispersion of maybe the humidity and the temperature. So all of that had problems for the ice. Isn't one of those Canadian arenas shaped like a cowboy hat? I don't know. I'll have to Probably, look that up. I mean, maybe, I don't know, where do the hitmen play? Maybe they play in the saddle, yeah, the, uh, the cowboy hat. Because, yeah, the, the Flames play in the saddle dome. But anyway, that, that seems to all coincide for Brooklyn's issues which, as Gary and I have discussed in the past, and any Islander fan, God bless you, that's had to deal with this for the last couple of seasons, is the Barclays Center was not properly designed to be a hockey arena. Originally it was, but the Dolans and other fools had to get their little mitts involved and change the whole dynamic of Barclays Center. So one of the things that we mentioned before is that the piping under the ice needs to be made out of uh, a metal or a steel and it's PVC piping 
in Barclays Center. So believe it or not, that has a lot to do with the temperature level being premium and that thus affecting the ice. So I think the ice itself has to be something like around 25 degrees and the pipes need to be 21 degrees. And that wasn't the case in the Barclays Center. I think they've solved those issues to a certain extent. But as Gary said, the ultimate solution is that they don't need to dig up the floor and put in the proper piping because the Islanders have one skate out the door already and they're probably going to go back to Long Island or Queens or something. So we'll see what happens with that. So those issues have been taken care of. But I was really surprised about places like Detroit and Chicago and Edmonton and and Buffalo of all places. But Edmonton and Chicago were ready for the Stanley Cup playoffs and they got all their stuff together at that point. Great. James, this just in, breaking news. The the cowboy hat design was actually, um, it, it, it was just that, a design done by somebody who, I knew I had seen it somewhere. It's actually a blog that I read uh, from time to time called Dave's Geeky Ideas, run by a guy named Dave Delisle, who had submitted a cowboy hat design as a replacement for the Saddle Dome. Ah, okay. So okay, good. Um, it, it, is, it is not a real arena. It's just a potential one. I'm relieved that that does not exist, and I hope it does not. No offense to any cowboys or cowboy hats. I think they're. I actually really think they're cool. I have much respect for cowboys and 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 the Wild West and all that stuff. But mm-hmm. I I don't see that being a functional arena. But hey, I didn't think a saddle dome would be good either. But you know, you know what? I'll put it up on our Facebook page. I'll put a link up to it. It actually looks kind of cool. I mean, I don't know if I'd want it to be my arena, but the design for a stadium is actually pretty cool looking. Okay. Um, I've been wrong before and I could be wrong again. So no, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just just, saying it's, it's, it's a fun little design for somebody else's stadium. Yeehaw. (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) Um, I'm surprised that the, uh, the Dallas stars didn't jump on that first, but all right. (laughs) And uh, so, yeah, so between the humidity problems, leaks, watery ice and things, we don't have to worry about those problems in deck hockey, but the NHL, they do, and they do an excellent job keeping up all of that. And I think that they've dialed it in as well for the Las Vegas uh, Golden Knights coming in to play as well, because that's a pretty dry uh, uh, environment too, Mm. to keep uh, ice. Yes. Thank goodness. All we have to worry about in deck is heat stroke and frostbite. That's right. Phew. (laughs) Yep. Yep. What a relief. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, anyway, but good report, James. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And speaking of the Las Vegas Golden Knights, we are going to be fast approaching the entry draft for Las Vegas. And I think you, the listener, can look forward to a special Hit the Deck feature centering around the draft coming up in eh, maybe a month or so. Uh, I guess that's when the draft is happening. So we're going to break out uh, all the stops that's that's mixing metaphors. It doesn't even make sense. But um, we're gonna we're gonna do you right for the draft. So stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, we've got some actual deck stuff to talk about. So um, James, if you wouldn't mind, yes, we have. So topic number two for this podcast is labeled "Mind Your Own Business." Yeah, you same to you, buddy. Yes. <laughs> you know what? Mind your own business. Don't even listen to this. I don't mean that. I don't mean that. Please, <laughs> please listen. Tell your friends. Yeah, yes, please. <laughs> All right. We love you. <laughs> we do. We do. <laughs> All right. Yes. So mind your own uh, business. Right. Um, not really. I'm confused. Uh, 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 
let me try and shed, shed some light on this. I apologize. So. Thank you. <laughs> Direct your hate mail to David Jay-Z, by the way, at <laughs> gmail.com. Anyhow, a few, I don't know, maybe weeks, months ago, Gary and I were just hanging out, and I was telling him about a special I was watching on the NHL Network about some great goalies of NHL history. Mm -hmm. And we've had the benefit of seeing some of the best right before our eyes here in the tri-state area. Mike Richter, Henrik Lundqvist, Martin Brodeur. It's uh, battling Billy Smith. I mean, the, the, just alone in the three uh, uh, tri-state teams. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, James, why don't you tell the listener what I was doing just now? You were just making me laugh. Let's just say that. Um, so. <laughs> I was I was literally holding my tongue at the yeah. uh, mention of Martin Brodeur. But carry on. Yes. Yeah, so that's for you, Sue. And uh, so I uh, hope you appreciate the, the great American Rhino for <laughs> letting that go by. Anyhow, watching those clips and seeing some of uh, like Dominic Kosick, for example, some of the acrobatic, amazing saves that these guys have made. Mm. I am not a goalie. I tried it once and was absolutely, completely, 100% horrendous at it. When was that, and, James? Oh, this was when I was playing roller hockey in high school. It was, I was just, I always had great respect for goalies, which I hope every hockey fan does, as baseball fans have great respect for pitchers because hockey goalies and, and, and pitchers have so much impact on the game. So I just wanted to try it out. I wanted to see what the mask was like, uh, what the what the equipment is like, and, and how difficult it really is. So uh, I was on rollerblades, and, and just putting the gear on alone took about an hour. <laughs> um, and then when, when I was set, uh, I was pretty – it was a few years into playing, so I had pretty good balance, and, and I knew my way around skates pretty well. I was on blades at that time, too. I wasn't on the four wheels anymore. But I couldn't even balance properly. And stay in the crease. I don't know how you guys do that without just drifting or something. It's that your your leg muscles must be phenomenal. Well, I don't. I play deck hockey. Yeah, but still, you're still in the position where you're 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 bent over. Or you're always in the at ready position. Your glove hand is open. Your blocker is at your side, mm -hmm. and you're ready to go at any any given moment. And that's fascinating to me. I don't know. I mean, just staying in that position for a long period of time, or even just a few seconds at a time. Is really exhausting. So forget about trying to see some maniac come at you or, or like a two on O or something. And then you have to see if the guy's going to pass and then try and guess which side he's going to go to and which body part you have to move really quickly. And if you're going to go down with the blocker, if you're going to try with the glove. I mean, there's so many things that go on and it's a, it's fascinating. And God bless you guys and gals that that uh, do such a great job in goal for us. Well, um, like with anything. I mean, I appreciate the compliments, but like yeah. with anything else, it's. A lot of it's mainly repetition and instinct. I mean, once you know how to position yourself and you get you know, a few, you get some experience staying in that position, it, it just, it becomes easier. You know, I, the first time I played or the first few months, I guess we were playing deck hockey and I was playing goal the next day I could, you know, I'd be able to barely walk. I'd be in so much pain, but now it's like, eh, okay, I'm, I'm used to it. You know, you adjust. It's like, it's like with anything you, you get used to it. And it's not something that most people are instantly good at. You work at it and you practice. And I, I'd be happy to, to, you know, if you ever wanted to try again sans skates, you know, I'd be happy to let you borrow my gear or give you some pointers or whatever. It's up to you. I appreciate that very much, but I've definitely learned my lesson. So, um, I don't, you, given you, the way you lay out for, for uh, blocking shots, I would think that, you know, playing goal would be kind of second nature to you. 
you figure that, but it's not true. I, I, I like like a drummer, for example. I, I always I don't know how you guys do it. it Either it's just an instinct or a God-given talent or whatever you want to call it. But personally, if I was told that the only way I could play deck hockey is to be a goalie, I'd Mm -hmm. just walk away from it and not play again. No, Um, you love it too much. Yeah, but just just for the sake of of the beauty of the game and respect out of it, I wouldn't insult it by trying to to be a goalie. But anyway, uh, so with all that said, with the new appreciation of, of how difficult it is to be a goalie, and then fast forwarding to watching that special, I thought, hey, maybe I could give the American Rhino a tip or two mm-hmm. or something that I saw that, uh, hey, maybe you could incorporate this in your game. But um, I asked your permission first and we, we weren't playing or anything like that. And you were very kind and polite. But in the back of my head, I'm thinking, I have no idea what the hell I'm talking about. So is that something that could be distracting or is it just noise or could it actually be helpful where a teammate of yours who doesn't know the position, especially something as complicated as being goalie, or even if as myself being a defenseman, I wouldn't give advice to a center because it's such a different position. But could there be a situation where somebody who doesn't know what he's quote unquote talking about could help you out with something? Or is it just like he has no idea what he's talking about and just keep it to yourself? Well, first, I'm going to just go on the record and say I have no memory of this conversation. So I'm just going to trust you on this one that we had it. Um, I, I'm going to say, I mean, everybody's different in how they react to tips (laughs) or criticism or, you know, any, any kind of, uh, you know, you know what I'm talking about, but I'm going to say it just as a general rule of thumb, if you notice like a positioning, like a flaw in the positioning or, you know, an obvious hole, then I think it's okay to not, you know, like during the game and start shouting at the goalie, but say, hey, listen, I noticed that you're leaving your five hole open when you move across. Or I've noticed that, you know, you're when you cheat up, you're exposing the top left corner or whatever. I think that's OK, because that's something as a goalie, it, it's sometimes hard to notice that stuff because you're trying to to I'm. I'm moving my hands back and forth next to my head. Like you guys can see that. Um, like, you know, we have so much to keep track of in terms of what various players are being positioned and, and uh, where the puck's going, not dissimilar from what you as a defenseman do, but we also have to be aware of where we are in relation to the net and the crease can help with that. But if you're focused straight away, that's assuming you have a crease. If, right. you're, if you're focused, you know, straight away on the play, sometimes you can lose your sense of bearing and you can, you know, you've, you've noticed goalies kind of bang their stick against the post. That's to, I mean, sometimes that's like a nice solid, yeah, here we go. But it, that can also be, okay, the post is there without having to turn your head back and look. But yeah, so if you notice a goalie drifting out of position slightly or or consistently leaving something open or exposed, then yeah, I think it's entirely fair to say, hey, listen, uh, I just wanted to let you know that this is what's happening. Do with that what you will. Because it, yeah, I mean, it could be a, a trade-off that the goalie has already decided is okay and he's willing or she is willing to live with because it suits their style, but... I think, it, you know, if you raise it once, it's probably, especially if it's not at a bad time, <laughs> you know, right. if it's between periods or something and the goalie hasn't given up three or four goals, 
I, I think that's fine. In terms of style, uh, I don't know. It's, I mean, style is something that, that's unique to every person, the, the, every goalie. So I, I don't know if it's bad form to give pointers, but it's not necessarily something that, I don't know if you'll be able to speak the same language, and I don't know if you'll be able to, you know, it, it's kind of a gray area. For me, I, I'll always listen politely, but when I'm out there, I just wind up doing what feels best anyway. So I probably don't want to overthink it too much as it is. So um, I'm going to say use your best judgment. I know that's kind of a cop-out, but I, I'm, I'm not willing to commit one way or the other in terms of whether or not you should give advice, you know, that kind of advice. Well, yeah, I'm, I don't think it's a cop-out at all. It's that because you know how to play the position properly. You've, you've done it for a number of years and, and you play well and you keep us in every game that we play and, and so on and so forth. So Rose I, Charities I, tournament, notwithstanding. No, that, Hey, listen, I'm, we'll get into that in a minute too, because uh, a certain quote unquote defenseman was thrown off of the defensive pairing because he was so horrible. But uh, we'll get to that in a minute again. But um, like, for example, in the LIQ with with our goalies, we got the American Rhino, we got Mike Margiata, and, and we got Craig Who's Mercado. currently on the IR. Oh no, really? Yeah, Mike. Uh, Mike is down with knee surgery. Oh no. Yeah, he had a, I think a torn meniscus. Oh, I'm so I'm sorry to hear that. I'll yeah. drop him a note. Yeah, oh, well, geez. he might listen to this. So if you're listening, Mike, get well soon. We miss you, buddy. Yeah, amen, brother. Oh boy, I'm so sorry to hear that. Uh, anyway, but uh, so yeah, so for like example that we had Mike on uh, last year on the Hit the Deck podcast, which I was really I thought one of our best episodes, where you and he talked about shop. You know, you talk mm -hmm. shop about how how to play goals. Sure. So if you he and Craig and and even um, Brad to a certain extent, because he's so good that he can play goal as well. Mm -hmm. If you guys got together and, and noticed something, then I think that would be a little bit more legitimate and welcomed to share your knowledge or, like you said, like maybe you see something if you're out of position and you don't realize it and if you get burned by it. But if it's something, like you said, that you can compensate for, so maybe you look like you're out of position, but you have enough ability to get the stick back properly or you have enough footwork to get back in proper position, mm -hmm. uh, that's exactly right. Like, don't screw with a good thing. So that's what I'm concerned with as well. I don't want to, if, if I would happen to notice something, which I never have in the years that we've played together, but I wouldn't want to screw with you that, oh my, now I put that negative thing in his head and uh, now Gary's thinking about that and then we're going to get smoked 10 nothing because he was doing something that I thought was wrong and we ended up getting killed by it now, you know? Yes, I'd much rather get smoked 10 nothing on my own merits. Yeah, exactly. At least, you know, okay, fine, it was my fault. I didn't have it that day or whatever. But there's some buffoon who has no idea what he's talking about to get torpedoed by. That's inexcusable. But speaking of being out of position and so on and so forth, the Rose Charities tournament, game one, I was on the defense. And I didn't even know which side of defense I was supposed to be on. I think eventually I was supposed to be on the left de defenseman. And then it was so horrible that by game two, they politely put me on the wing. So <laughs> um, I haven't played wing in God knows how long. 
So I felt extremely uncomfortable out there and, and lost. So it was really odd. But in, in that aspect, I definitely would have welcomed anybody who knew how to play wing properly to tell me where I should have been. And uh, as a matter of fact, from the bench, they were saying, get back, get back a lot of times. So because mm-hmm. uh, my instinct is to just stay by the blue line and right. hopefully keep the puck in for our team mm-hmm. or get it out. Sure. Regardless. So that that was really uh, very uncomfortable and, and strange. Well, James, look at it from a different angle. I I don't want to criticize or disparage any of my teammates, but it seemed like among the players that we played with, the let's call them less experienced players or seemingly less experienced players tended to be on the defense. So uh, I I think moving you up to the wing was a promotion in that regard because there were there were a couple of really good you know solid defensemen but there was also some people uh and i don't want to generalize but in this case they mostly happen to be female but uh, people who like look there was one point where there was a girl uh, a woman there was a a lady who had the puck behind our net or you know next to the net and she had a good at least five if not ten seconds all alone with that puck and somebody still managed to come in and take it right off her stick not because she didn't have an outlet pass just because she looked like she didn't know what to do with it so you know it, it, it seems like maybe they thought oh we put our weaker players back on d and they do less damage that way but i i really don't know uh i mean maybe yeah, I, I'm. I'm gonna say, look at it as a promotion until proven otherwise. All right, I, I, I appreciate that, but um, yeah, I mean, just just for a guy that supposedly is uh, has been a defenseman for so many years, it just it seemed kind of uh, odd or whatever. But okay, that that's cool. But again, um, I'm curious to see what the listener has to say about that as well. If you've been in that situation, like let's say that you're a center and uh, one of your teammates who's a winger or a goalie or or a defenseman mm. said, hey, man, uh, you know, you're out of position there or trying when you're doing a face off to hold the stick this way. And um, maybe it was a good advice or maybe it wasn't. So we just like to hear what because, again, you're trying to be a good teammate. That's the bottom line. So you just kind of maybe like like Gary was alluding to is to walk that fine line either between con- between being constructive or just kind of. Keep your mouth shut and worry about your own position. I think a lot of it, too, is in the delivery. Mm. Because if you come up to somebody and say, hey, you were out of position on that play, how do you think they're going to react to that? Especially if you don't know, you know, they perceive you as not knowing what you're talking about. But if you come up to somebody and say, hey, listen, um, I noticed a couple of times it looked like you might have been off your normal position you know that that might be received a little better so always remember you know be constructive don't be aggressive and especially if you're kind of as james alluded to an outsider be you know just just approach maybe i don't want to say cautiously but just you know approach somebody from a constructive and and um Maybe a even slightly deferential standpoint, because if 
again, this goes back to the goalie thing. If they are screwing up, then they know they're screwing up and they're already going to be beating themselves up about it. So if you come over and say, hey, your five holes open, uh, you know, the, the, the response could be, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> exactly. What tipped you off? The three goals? <laughs> but, you know, if maybe if you've given up three goals in your five hole, that's not even the right time to approach it. But whatever. It's a game. So sometimes you have to be a little blunt for the interest of your own team. But if you come up and say, hey, listen, uh, I noticed on some of those goals that you got burned on that you, you were doing this. I don't know if you're aware of that. You know, that might be received a little better. So use your best judgment. And again, you know, this is just our opinions. We want to know what, uh, like James said, what are you thinking? So please hit us up on our, you know, email us at hitthedeck at gmail.com. Again, deck is D-E-K, like the hockey. Just look up at the title of this podcast. Um, hit the deck and or, uh, you know, on Facebook, please. Or even tweet at us at hit the deck pod. Um, so we would love to hear your opinion on whether or not you think it's appropriate to help out a fellow teammate, uh, at a different position. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Yeah. And then to wind things down for this evening, uh, or at least this podcast is if your team is not one of the four that's competing for the Stanley cup right now, which is likely, right. What do you do? It's, uh, like even if your team didn't make the playoffs at all, do you do you watch the Stanley Cup playoffs? Any of it, or let's say a certain couple of guys' favorite team got bounced in the last round, and we're not happy about it, and we have to see the other team now that's uh, doing pretty well against the defending champions. Mm-hmm. Personally, I don't watch. I haven't watched any of the. Uh, the conference finals at all. So I'm just kind of waiting for the Stanley cup final to begin. Agre- uh, yeah. Agreed. I don't even know if I'll watch that. I mean, maybe if it's yeah. on and I'll, I'll, I'll watch uh, you know, a few minutes of it, but I'm not going to go out of my way to watch it. I've said this before on the podcast. I'm a Rangers fan. I'm not a hockey fan. And you know, for some people that might kind of uh, <laughs> lower my hockey cred in their estimation, but you know, I am what I am. I love my team and, and, I'm not going to make any pretensions to the contrary. I, you know, I, I am what I am, right? That's what Popeye said. But uh, so, yeah, I, I, it's funny. I was talking to uh, Rob, our LIQ mate, who actually we should try and have on the podcast one of these days. But um, he's a huge Ranger fan, season ticket holder, in fact. And, I, you know, I was talking to him. He asked me, who I was rooting for in the playoffs now that the Senators have knocked off our beloved Rangers. And I said, basically, I was rooting for a stadium collapse. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like, and I only kind of mean that. (laughs) Yeah, where's that bad ice now? (laughs) Yeah. But, like, obviously, I'm I'm hurt by the fact that, not only the, the fact that the Senators beat the Rangers, but the way they beat them. So I don't have any goodwill towards them. But, you know, I hate the Penguins, and I have for a long time, so I don't want them. I said I'm rooting for the Western Conference, basically. That's that's my rooting interest in these playoffs. But it is tough. And in terms of hoping for one to advance over the other in the East, it, it's a tough call for me. I don't – I really um, – you know, there's the old kind of, uh, well, at least if the team that beat you went to the Stanley Cup, then you got beaten by the best. 
there's that old saw. But, <laughs> you know, by the same token, there's a very vindictive, like, well, if we can't win, I don't want you to win either. So, so yeah. I, I don't know. It's hard. Fair enough. And, and also, too, just first world problems. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I agree with you 100 percent in basically everything you said. Uh, and, and that's why teams have that's why teams play locally, because that's the city you're from or the, the state you're from or whatever. And you have pride in that. And that's why you root for those teams and you love the sport. Mm hmm. And uh, so there's nothing wrong with that at all. I wouldn't I I think most fans probably feel that way. I think the the diehard sports fans, if you're a baseball fan, a hockey fan, basketball fan, football fan, uh, football to a certain extent is a little bit different. But um, the loyalty like for soccer and baseball and hockey is so deep and strong. Look at college teams. Exactly. So uh, you identify with these players and you care about them and you care about the franchise and all that stuff. So, yeah, sure. If your team is out, then I have no problem because I feel the same way that uh, if you're not watching anymore, it doesn't mean you don't love the sport or anything like that. Um, but for those of you who have that much interest in it, then God bless. But uh, the other thing, too, is not only that the Rangers are out, but as a, a, a hockey fan, the uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets had such an, an exciting and great season for the first time in their franchise history mm-hmm. that they, they've done so well and made such great progress. And then they got knocked out relatively early. Then the Edmonton Oilers over in, in the Western Conference, they the, the young talent and exciting players, and, and they got knocked out early too. So that was kind of a, a little bit of a bummer. The Chicago Blackhawks got knocked out in, in the West as well. So you couple all those things together and it's I don't think the NHL was kind of hoping for I, I think they wanted the Pittsburgh franchise involved in the conference finals but in the West great for the Predators I think they deserve it they're a good team I'm not saying that at all that they aren't but I'm not really a big Anaheim fan and I think they've kind of had their time uh, I'd rather have seen San Jose uh, quack come back. quack yeah, yeah. quack 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 they were actually, I didn't even pick them to make the playoffs at all. So go figure whatever my opinion needs. So that just, you couple all that in, in, in together and then there you have it. So I was just curious what everybody else felt that way too. So that's something else that you could sound off for, uh, hit us up at, uh, like Gary said, through Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or even Instagram. I don't know. I'm not that hip or, uh, or just email us at the, the Gmail account, but, um, yeah. Either way, God bless baseball season. I'm very happy that there's a baseball season to uh, distract us by, even though our favorite team is making us regret that. But yeah, and uh, definitely tip of the cap to the LIQ founding father, Rob, who makes us all look like we don't care about the Rangers at all of his passion for the Broadway blue shirts. So get him next year, I guess. I hope. You know, I credit to Rob because he <laughs> you'd be hard to press to find a larger Sidney Crosby hater than Rob McCullough, but to his credit, he posted a very classy, thought-out post on Facebook recently about how, you know, if if Crosby is being forced, not forced, but if he's being put back in to play after his concussions or after probable concussions and basically, you know, not being forced to observe the league's concussion protocols because he feels like he needs to get back in there, 
then what kind of message does that send to every other player when the most protected and you know the 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 poster boy for the league is doing this what what message does that send to every other player who's fighting for a job when it comes to their own health so you know that was uh good on rob for being able to take a step back and take a you know and and take a look at the bigger picture and you know could be a be be a big man you know about the whole thing and for you know for a few minutes not be just a a fan you know not not be a like a you know what i mean yes exactly i don't it's, i don't want uh, this to come off as negative i i mean i mean this in the most positive sense absolutely lesson learned for all of us because it, yeah these are human beings and they are making a living this way so we kind of take it a little bit too seriously to a certain extent but exactly, when they take their jerseys off and they put on their street clothes, they are human beings too. So don't be too fanatical and uh, just be a, a good good rooter for your, your team. But great point there. And I, I, I do respect Rob very much for that because, yeah, you're not going to find a bigger Ranger fan out there than Mr. McCullough. But mm-hmm. uh, the final thing on this is God bless Deck Hockey. Thank you for that. And at least we could distract ourselves that way as well. Yeah, and and also uh, one other thing that Rob posted uh, or liked or shared or I don't know I'm not good at Facebook, but um, he he mentioned uh, we we had just been talking about the Mighty Ducks or at least I was, and he or alluding to them, and he posted a thing which is similar to an article that I had read just a, a couple days ago about how the the Mighty Ducks I'm, I'm talking about the team in the film franchise not the actual Anaheim team uh, the Mighty Ducks were actually a terrible team in terms of fundamentals and statistics or uh, hashtag fancy stats as they say and their coach uh, Gordon Bombay as played by Emilio Estevez should never be allowed to coach anything ever again because he, he was a abysmal coach so, uh, you know, for all you kids who love the Mighty Ducks and, and you know, one of your favorite movie teams of all time, uh, you might want to go back and take another look at that. <laughs> so uh, that that's just some food for thought there as we go out. Last minute remaining in the podcast. Thank you, Pops. All right. So that all that being said, we, of course... Would like to thank you ever so much for sticking through yet another edition of the Hit the Deck podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope we entertained you. We hope that you will come back again next week for uh, no spoilers. But uh, let's just say that we have something lined up that the American Rhino is looking very much forward to. So I think you're going to want to take a listen to that. But uh, in the meantime, I would be remiss were I not to thank you for listening to this podcast and all of our podcasts. At least I'm hoping that you listen to all of our podcasts. I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt on that one. Thank you to Pops for being the voice of said podcast. Thank you to Anthony Sajazi for providing music to the podcast. Thank you to the LIQ for sound effects used in the podcast. And uh, as we mentioned earlier, if you would like to reach out to us, communicate with us on the podcast, please feel free to email us at hitthedeck at gmail.com. Hit us up on Facebook, on Instagram at hitthedeck, on Twitter at hitthedeckpod, and subscribe. Please, 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 if you haven't already done so, subscribe to this very podcast for your own ease and simplicity on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. 
we should be right there. It's so much easier once you subscribe because it's right there. You just have to listen. Oh, this is a new hit the deck. Awesome. I can just click it. And, and there we are and all of our nonsense. So, uh, yes, that being said, I'm going to pass this over to James. James, please, is there anything you would care to add? Yeah, I just, uh, out of genuine curiosity, do we have anything going on on our YouTube page that people should check out? Ah, that is a very good leading question there, James, and I'm glad you asked it. Yes, in fact, on our YouTube channel, within the next few days, it should have been much sooner, but I need a new laptop. Within the next few days, you can expect a brand new edition of Hit the Deck Hockey, wherein we do play-by-play -play for one of the Rose Charities tournament games, which was played so well down in lower Manhattan a couple of weeks ago. So if you're interested in that, please head over to our YouTube page. Our channel is Hit the Deck Podcast on YouTube. And... Um, in the meantime, please subscribe to that, too, because when that video does go up, you can just go, hey, they got a new video, and click it, and um, you, you probably aren't that silly. But, um, you know, you, you, it'll just be right there for your eyes. You can sit down and get some popcorn or, you know, chips or pretzels or whatever, and just watch and listen and, you know, be entertained-ish. Uh, so uh, I sell this so well, honestly, I, I could, I could sell ice to an Eskimo. I, I swear. Um, anyway, <laughs> anything else, James? Yeah. If you could put that soundbite in when we do the upload of new YouTube pages, that would be so awesome. <laughs> All right. I'll think about it. Okay. Uh, or YouTube clips, I should say. Yeah. Me. Okay. Well, <laughs> I will take that under consideration and well, yeah, no problem. Thank you. And while I am doing that, I would urge you to take into consideration the fact that whether you're out there in the 90 degree heat or in the zero degree cold, whether you are suffering for your for the love of your sport or suffering in a different way for the love of your sport or even just suffering for the love of your team. I would urge you, implore you, and remind you to remember, it's deck hockey. Don't be that guy. Thanks, everybody. Let's start this train wreck. Let's run this <laughs> thing into the ground, baby. <laughs> ooh, ooh.